So let's see. Um, you want to know what I was doing right before you called? No. I okay. mean, yes, I want to know, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> That's what I meant. Yeah, well, it's one of your favorite things in the universe based on something you said a few uh, episodes ago. Oh, God. What the hell could it be? What, what the fuck was it? I was watching Mac Studio unboxing videos. Oh, fuck this. Jesus <laughs> Fucking. You know, can they just show me what the fuck the computer does and skip that part? <laughs> Which I do actually. I'm like, okay, fuck the God, just, just you know, just get to them. You know, you... God. Anyway, you ready to start? Yep. Okay, hold on. Remember to mute. Oh, or, or you mean un unmute. Remember to unmute. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to Curmudgeon's Corner for Friday, March 18th, 2022. It is 3.33.33 as I started Ooh. to say the time uh, in UTC, of course, uh, but you know. But it's, it's not it's not March like tw thir thirteen or March 3rd or something. So, yeah, oh, well. it, it's not March 3rd of the year 33.33 at 3.33.33. Well, I don't know. Probably won't make it that long at this rate, but anyway. I, I I have no expectation of making it to the year 3000. Yeah, we won't. Let alone 3,333. That would be, <laughs> you know, that would be interesting. I mean, Jesus, that's, no, but that's 800 years. Oh, Jesus. No, that's a long time. It, that is indeed a long time. Almost as long as uh, this podcast sometimes gets. Well, maybe. Yes. Something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Although I, you know, you know, I'll, I'll say we have had a few short shows recently and short. we've been, what, what do you, what do you mean by short under two hours? You know, I see all these <laughs> podcasts out there that uh, are 15 minutes, 30 minutes, you know, yes. stuff like that. And I'm just like, how the hell do these people do? I mean, these people obviously have, no, nothing to talk about. I, I don't exactly. Know. We're, we're just, we're just, you know, we're just fucking babbling lunatics. Okay, as well. But anyway, you know, and and, and honestly, when I'm listening, um, you know, the two hour ones, I have to feel like I'm going to commit to. Like an hour, I, you know, that's fine. I have forty five minutes, an hour, whatever. But once you once you get to two hours, like our show usually is, uh, you you have to feel some like desire to get to the end of it i think well i mean you know it's made for people that don't have commitment issues <laughs> exactly um yeah. anyway our agenda yeah. today we're going to do a but first and then i think we're doing all ukraine again uh we you know when we were talking about this before the show yeah we had a few other things but not nothing you know really big and pressing once again, we have a week where most of the news is um, is Ukraine related. Uh, mm -hmm. So, so that's what we're going to do. Um, 
but but first we'll do the but first and we'll talk about some like what but what's the site I used stuff. to Light and frothy. I used to say light oh, and yes. frothy all the time. Yes, yes, light um, and frothy. Light and frothy, frou frou. Yippee and cheap. Yeah. Um, so, Ivan, do you want to start? Yeah, I'll, I'll start. Uh, so I'm going to start on a complete tangent here. Okay, oh, so okay. Yes, uh, yes. Um, I, I, I was looking at some videos online, and I saw a new video of somebody boarding a flight. With a peacock, you know there there had been a story about four years ago about some lady that you know denied boarding um, a United flight with an emotional support peacock, and and it was around the time where when a few a number of airlines cracked down on on this kind of stuff, okay, on the emotional support animals because people were bringing pigs and all sorts of stuff, and some airlines just finally said, look fuck this. No, uh, it, you know, it basically are like, look, it's either cats, dogs, whatever the rest, you know, forget about it. You're, you, you, you know, you're not, you know, we're not, they, 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 many airlines crack down on it. But I looked at this video and this person actually boarded the flight and sat down on a plane with it. But the video seemed off to me. Okay. It, All right. Yeah. It, go ahead. It, it was on TikTok, and it seemed like the aircraft seemed very old. Number one, I looked at it. And I'm like, you know, this doesn't look like any airplane. So you're like, this current, is an old video or... Or either it's an old video or, or fake. Or exactly, as happens many times, that many sets that they use to produce, like, videos, they they put cabins on the ground with old airplane seats or whatever to make it look like you're on an airplane. But it's, you know, but they don't, they're not going to pull the interior brand new 787 Dreamliner or something like that. They usually go and like the one of these places where they pull apart an airplane and they'll take a take out the cabin and then they'll just set it up on the ground and that's it. And you know, they'll do that. So so I'm like I was like curious as to find, huh, what about what's the deal with this? And actually, very little. I learned the fact that this video apparently was popular in TikTok and then it went into other platforms. Um, very little on this. Uh, but then I find this video by this, this, oh, I'll call this fucking idiot person called um, Brett Cooper, okay? And Brett Cooper uh, has some YouTube channel thing, whatever. Um, it, it, it's called uh, the comments section, okay? All right. Okay. I, I, I start watching this video where... She starts dissecting the video of this, but actually, she really did. It, but it's the only. By, by the way, the reason I watch this video is because the only person that I could find that seemed to have some analysis video, uh, uh, okay. or talking about it. Okay, to try to figure so start, out is it real? Is it I'm not? Trying, what's right? The deal? I was trying to get the data, and I'm watching this, and it's really just this person just talking out of her ass. Basically, and but the one thing about it is that I'm looking at this video, and it's very well produced. It's edited. Okay, it uses multiple camera angles, which usually you know, look, most people that are like cheap YouTubers, okay, individual YouTubers, uh, some of the good ones usually, especially if they're talking, they only use a single camera angle. Okay, to do most of yeah. their stuff. Okay, like if, have... if if you are a single person doing YouTube, even if you're doing it enough to get income from it, you're usually have you know 
a, a relatively rudimentary setup. I mean, sometimes you have a nice camera, sometimes you have yeah, this. a 4K and, and you have whatever, yeah, but and, still you're not using it, multiple it, cameras, you know, it, to it, do it, it and know, edit. Honestly, it. It, it, it depends on who you're talking about. At a certain point when you're making enough money from it, you start to invest in some of, you know, in multi-camera yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff but like that. But, I looked yeah. up, had only like about 20, 20 some odd thousand subscribers. This didn't seem like a, you know, I'm like, it's a person I've never heard of. Okay. I couldn't okay, find yeah. really any, you know, I only had 20 some odd thousand subscribers and I'm just like, you know, uh, single, you know, single woman looked young, whatever, but, but, you know, but she, she actually spoke pretty engaging whatever is interesting. And I was like, curious to find out what the hell, you know, uh, you know, but, but she didn't have any content on it. Then I tried to, tried to look her up on the internet to understand. So who is this person? What's this channel? You know, because it was like so slick produced that I'm like, whatever. And then, so what I find is like all of a sudden the first reference that comes up is that um, introducing the Daily Wire's new show, The Common Section with Brett Cooper. Now, mm -hmm. okay, at first the name. I've been Googling you know, her while you talked and I see some of this stuff. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and, and so all of a sudden at first I'm like Daily Wire, Daily Wire. And then I realize, oh, fuck. This is Ben Shapiro's fucking bullshit thing. And I'm just like. What? Oh, fuck. Oh, this, 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 you know, I'm like, I'm looking at this person and I'm like, okay, what? Uh, all right. And I'm like, how is this 20 something young year old, you know, in working with this professional asshole, right? And, you know, the one thing is that I, I, I go and I start looking at some of her, um, I, I look at a little bit on her Twitter and I look at her uh, on her stuff and it's just, it's this 22 year old who's just a racist fucking like one of these, like, you know, racism doesn't exist. Bullshit persons, mm -hmm. 22 year old from California. And I'm just like, I, 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 I all of a sudden I'm like, I mean, she, she also, uh, she has, I, I found that she has a, a LinkedIn profile, okay, um, and you know, it said that she did uh, PragerU, okay. And if you don't recall what PragerU what is, it's this, it, it's this supposedly or, or, or university that is hell bent on disproving uh, that America is not a that it that is a it was a racist country. That this that that it's all a lie, okay, and so it, I mean, and look, she from her LinkedIn profile where she has about, I mean, she's not that popular. She has about two hundred eleven connections, not exactly really, and she has a picture up there like makes her look all inclusive, sitting with a, an African American person, a Muslim person, or whatever and whatnot. But you know, it's like if you if if your first job out of college. Or even before college, is to work at PragerU. Appeared in PragerU videos, lead roundtable discussions between young liberals and conservatives to encourage civil discourse. Participating in, in, in strategy meetings to discuss better re reaching PragerU's Gen Z and millennial audience. Featured speaker at large scale fundraising events. And I'm just like, oh, come on, man. What the fuck, man? How, we're, how are we? How? I, I'm, you know. I had more hope for our youth. I, I thought that maybe they would be more immune to this 
well, shit. Okay, you know, but but, I, I think, they, but I, they are I think, a fertile I think, ground. Is what well, I'm I think when you look at the numbers, you know, this kind of stuff is less the younger you go. But the thing is, it's still not close to zero. No. You know? no. Um, and y- yes, you're right. You'd, you'd feel like you'd hope that a lot of this kind of stuff would just go extinct. It's not going extinct. But I think no. that there it. it it does seem that it is reducing, but <laughs> you still, of course, have lots of people who, you know, grow up and and match their parents on all of this kind of stuff and uh, and don't who get beyond it. I know. Their parents. I don't know. You know. Yeah. And, well, and sometimes people go the other way. Of course, some sometimes yeah. people rebel against the 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 overwhelming, you know, the, the the sort of elite consensus, and because that's the elite consensus, you go against it. And yeah, there are all yes. kinds of dynamics at play there. Um, I, 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 it's just that I, I, I'm just, I'm just disheartened that there, 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 you know, this is, you know, this 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 generation of polished uh, uh, social media people exist to just try to disprove you know the the issues that we have as a country and to basically just you know go it's like it's it's basically what our governor in my governor in the state of florida is trying to do uh, with his agenda recently, where he passed an entire agenda that, that some people, the, the definition was the anti-woke agenda. Right. You can't say gay in schools where you can't even talk about, uh, we can't talk about, uh, you know, you, you, you cannot talk about things other than male or female at school. It's like sexual, you know, inclinations about anything that is non-heterosexual Reproduction and sex cannot be cannot be talked about. Uh, this you know this ban on critical race theory wasn't taught, but but the whole point was to you know try to like you know uh, d- dissuade the discussion of race issues. Okay, even though they don't critical race theory isn't really that, but that's that's what they're doing because they're kind of stupid. Um, or this whole bill were basically that apparently that you couldn't make. Uh, People feel bad for, uh, you know, op- oppression of the past, basically, mm-hmm, because if you mm-hmm. spoke about um, slave slave ownership and the suffering of the past, how you were making, you know, you know, you couldn't make current white people feel bad about what happened in the past. Right. And I, I mean, and and I'm sure I'm missing more fucking idiotic stuff, you know. Yeah. But uh, but but it's just it's it's this entire just just continuum of uh, this whole anti woke uh, group right now that exists. That basically their thing is just to deny that we have that that racism is a problem deny that they are racists uh deny uh the you know believe that they are what was it they were told oh, that, that 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 these people are grooming uh 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 gay yes. people for adulthood um i i, I it's just I, I mean it's just this entire continuum of just 
God, just just hate. It's all. Yeah. It, this is all hate of anything different. Don't make me feel bad if I have unconscious bias. Don't make me believe that. That's bullshit. You know, I. This is the realm of the people who really truly are those that go around and say they never do anything wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm serious because you know what? I, I think I've discussed this here and I, and I know, you know, for a fact, I, I've talked about some of the, uh, prejudice, you know, prejudice that I had been brought up with and how I spent wow. a lot of time like growing, you know, as I became an adult, and after more after I became an adult on understanding it and realizing what that was, especially as we have had this conversation. Okay. Um, right. You know, and, and the prejudices are different. They're not directly based on color. I noticed that a lot of the ones that I, that I, that I really, uh, uh, got brought up with had to do with, uh, uh, man, it, it, it's just about appearance. It, it really had a lot to do with that classism and appearance how basically it's just you know uh somebody that dresses in a certain way or does this, or is this a certain way basically must be a crook okay of some kind or something or mm. you know how it's disrespectful to dress in a certain way or whatever and not accepting people look man people dress however the fuck they want you know it's like whatever it's their expression it's the way that they're comfortable it's what they feel and there should there's no reason to 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 look at that it's it's stuff that i I, I think in my in my late teens and then twenties and thirty and, and as I've grown up that I that I've looked at certain things about how I've looked at certain things and understood that um, that that these prejudices have and, and some maybe and, and they, they they may be minor or whatever but how um, they're 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 not good they're not true and but these are things that you just get. And, and how they're sometimes subconscious a little bit and how to make sure that, you know, that you let go of those things. Um, but these people don't want to do that. They, they believe that that is uh, talking to them like they are. Uh, we're making them feel bad. And, you know, because we're making them feel bad, then, you know, that that's bad. And I just think it's, you know, I, 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 it just really pisses me off that uh, what they so many choose to just sweep it under the rug and ignore it and not confront what we do as a society between people. Okay. And this yeah. is across the globe. It's not just an American problem. Uh, what I will say, and I, I truly believe this is, and some people say that this is our, a negative for us, but I, I will say that the one big advantage that we have in the U.S. is that we actually confront it more than in most other societies, which is why we talk about it more and why it's more controversial. Because in most other societies, it gets swept under the rug. That's what happens. In hmm. Brazil, there's a very big race problem. Huge. It's historic. I remember. You know, back in the 70s and 80s when I was studying about Brazil, how one of the things I talked about was how uh, 
because many white Europeans were marrying, uh, uh, intermarrying with uh, uh, it, it, slaves or uh, the the what call it, you know, Native South Americans, that uh, it it kind of whitened the, the 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 color. But but that you could see that there was depending on your shade of color from and it and there were shades the the lighter your skin was the more you were perceived better it, it just was a fact it well known in brazil but not one that's talked about not one that's confronted a lot even though it that happens definitely a lot held a case in india for god's sake don't get me started on that oh shit i mean that's you know that's brutal in and of itself um language accent look i mean it's just so much of it I, I i just but but you know what people just oh i i don't want to i don't want to deal with the tough things just sweep it under the rug don't make me feel bad i'm not a racist that fuck jesus christ just look at yourself look at the shit you say <laughs> all the time every day you don't get it because you don't want to look at it right so, okay. So be, before we move on to my thing, I, I just want to circle back to the beginning because you started with a video. What was the video again? Okay, there was a video. There is some video on TikTok going around of somebody boarding a plane with a peacock. With a peacock. Okay. With a peacock. I, I, I saw one recently with a horse. Oh, I, a, that's what that was around. Horse. Yeah, miniature horse. Yeah, that was like somebody on a Southwest flight. Yeah. Now this is a person, go, you know, uh, uh, you know. Uh, so, so I, I, what? Okay, a peacock getting on the plane. The point was, you were researching to try to figure out if this thing was real or recent. And I wound up in this, in this, in this dead. Did, end. But did you have any I conclusion have no whatsoever? Luck, nothing. I found no. I got no, no joy on finding out anything about about this. Okay. Um, you know, there was a. I mean, look. The, the the only thing I could find on it outside of that racist fucking bitch on 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 there was there was a video uh, there was a story on the on the Sun the U S March eleventh two thousand twenty two okay uh, headline passenger left stunned after woman brings unusual pet onto a flight and they have this you know they have the link to the video there. And pictures and whatever, and that's it. Basically, uh, they have well, a picture I, of the lady. I found one. I found one from January two thousand eighteen. Where well, that's Uni the lady on United that they denied that her. They, they denied her. Got, right. Yeah, but they, she didn't even get on the plane. This lady is, that I'm talking about in this story is on the aircraft. Okay, with the peacock sitting down on the airplane seat. And, 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 but like I said, when I looked at the aircraft interior, it's the reason yeah. why I wasn't sure whether this was real or not, because the aircraft interior looked old. There was no other reference anywhere about this. The video was originally on TikTok, and it's just that the appearance of the aircraft just made me question that this video uh, was recent because this looks right. like the, I mean, if, if I, if I hazarded a guess, it, it looks like an old Delta Airlines 
aircraft. But most of these, it looks, I think it's an MD-80. I, you know, it, 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 I mean, and, and this is me just, it, it looks like an old Delta MD-80 uh, and, and or 757. But because all those aircraft would have been retrofitted with rear screens. And this mm-hmm. one doesn't have screens or plugs or anything. It just looks like a very old interior. No LED lighting at the top. I just saw it and I'm just like, yeah, so, who the hell flies this anymore? So you uh, think uh, it's uh, not real or very, very old? Yes, that's that was my thought. Okay, so but but I could be wrong, but I, I but I can't find um on 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 the the stuff the so you know there, there's just no there is no anybody who there there's another story where it said um uh, uh, you know uh. Uh, update on the story, but uh, but I, I didn't see any real information again. So I I don't know. It, it, so you know, look at a peacock on a plane. I, I don't. I I really would lo- not like to be on a plane with a peacock. Can I be honest? Or a miniature horse, or 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 a dog. Actually, I I actually. You know, I, I understand that the that the luggage compartment is not very friendly to pets, uh, but I, I really would like no pets on the on board. Period. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Because you, you you get allergy issues, you got all the things the going on. Problem. I guess you know, but you know, you know the they, allergies are the allergies are my main objection. Because well, like like you said though, the there there has to be a a, a good solution because the the. Like they you said, the luggage compartment's not compart- great either. They should have a dedicated compartment down at the bottom that has, you know, climate control where they can they can fly comfortably. Okay, that's my thought. But right. they shouldn't be they shouldn't be sharing the cabin with us. The main reason I think is allergies. You with your freaking allergies to horse hair. Can you imagine you're on a damn plane with a horse hair? What are we gonna do? We're gonna have to do emergency landing for <laughs> you know because of your allergies because this damn person's traveling around with a horse. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm much better medicated than many years ago when I had a really severe reaction to horses. But yeah, anyway, the uh, uh, the yeah, okay. Uh, anyway. I, I'm just trying to think of what animal I should bring on the plane, but uh, no. Pet snake. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a whole movie about that. Yeah, well, there was actually a recent problem with a air- aircraft in Asia. I can't remember one airline where, that, where a snake actually did sneak on the plane, and they actually had to make an emergency landing. Yeah, I've, and I've seen I've seen videos, a number of videos of like just birds that got in. And yeah, birds are okay. Cabin. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, that's fine. But you know, I don't know about you. I, I mean, if I if I all of a sudden I go and look up and I see a fucking snake on the plane, I'm like, I'm, I'm freaking out. Of course, I, as I say that, I realize, of course, the peacock is a bird. Yes. But I was thinking small sparrows you, or something. Well, not yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a peacock, I mean, not going to be very, not going to be flying inside a cabin. Not very far. It might. It might. Well, not, not very far. far. It can't go very far, but, you know, it could go back and forth, front to back. Yeah. Well, God, Jesus Christ, slapping everybody with those feathers. Fucking Jesus <laughs> Okay. Um. Uh, I, I, I guess I'll, I, I, you know, we went a long time with that, but I guess I'll, I'll, I'll do, uh, I, I will do our traditional thing. Uh, yeah. 
because uh, oh. you know I, I have some COVID oh, no. stuff and blah blah blah. But you know Very we'll important. save that for like a real topic when it blows up again, which it inevitably will. Um, but no, no daylight savings time. Mm. Um, there, first of all, of course, last weekend was the weekend where we all sprung forward. Um, but also, um, uh, they snuck through a thing in the Senate, uh, on permanent daylight savings time, um, right. which is interesting for a couple reasons. First of all, the immediate reaction, you know, a lot of people were like, wait, what, what? And then there were a lot of people saying, yes, let's do this. Let's do yes. this. And then after a few hours, there were people saying, you know, savings time sucks. If you're going to do this, why don't you do it with standard time? Well, and then there were people arguing about whether they preferred standard time or savings time and which was better. And is it better to have daylight in the evening or is it better to have, um, you know, Listen, what I have seen is that, you know, because people hate like yeah, taking yeah. their kids to school in the dark and stuff. Uh, yeah, and so but, but almost all research shows is better in the later than earlier. That's what I, it's in terms of, is one of the concerns was traffic accidents. Mm-hmm. As far as I could tell, it's better to have the daylight later than earlier. So there, there, there are two things, you know, for, first of all, yeah, I, I've seen some of that stuff as well. I, I, I've seen arguments on both sides of that and research and blah, blah, blah. The bottom line to me is like, not okay, changing. look, is not changing. Once right. you settle with not changing, then individual loca- you you could change the boundaries between the damn time zones. Well, like, of course, the one thing that I thought like about I, is people. Some people were saying that maybe Florida shouldn't be on so, uh, on daylight savings, and, and so and I but but I also and I thought okay maybe we could move back an hour because we're further south, right? And yeah. So our light is different. Light, well, light is different. And, and, well, I but saw. Then I thought about it, and I'm like, oh crap! So we're gonna be actually this wouldn't be so bad because we would have a football game. So say. If it starts at 9 a.m. Eastern, it starts at 8 in in Florida. Oh, shit. I like this. So so here's the thing. Peep, the, and um, uh, what was it? Was it Vox had uh, some nice maps uh, of, mm-hmm. of sort of how, mu- how many days of the year are light at certain times of day yes, you know, yes, under yes. the various different plans, uh, under how it is now, and if you had permanent savings or permanent standard. But the thing that people pointed out is what happens is there's a big difference between if you li- live on the eastern end of a time zone versus whether you live on the western end of a time zone. So, for right. instance, uh, people were pointing out if you live if if you lived in Indiana, uh, in the, in the parts of Indiana that are in the eastern time mm-hmm. zone, yeah. then with the permanent savings time, you have a significant chunk of the year where the sun doesn't even rise until almost nine a.m. You know, and, and, and how well, they would I would, have... but 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 I would think that Indiana would be one of those states that would move definitely exactly. And, and I saw this com- because they, yeah, they, I saw this complaint and said, well, okay, if it's that much of an issue, change to Central Time. Exactly. Which, Problem which solved. Places in which are places in in Indiana that are on Central Time, and so therefore yes. that that wouldn't be just that put the big whole state deal. there. You know, yes, um, exactly. Yeah, and I think that's what you could redraw the boundaries for people who care. Now, of course, the other thing is my usual rant on this that you can also just change what time of day you do stuff. You know, we can. It's all of this is like just 
stupid. Like if, if it's too dark at 7am to start getting your kids out to school, start school at eight or nine, you know, and same with work. Like you can adjust the hours you do stuff. You don't have to like be locked into a mindset that these things happen at seven. These things happen at nine. These things happen at five. You know, if it's, if, the conditions are not appropriate for the thing you want to do. Change what time you freaking do it, you know, and that can be different in different places. And it's, it's, you know, I, I don't know that, that always bugs me about this whole debate. It's why I like UTC for everything. It's like, you know, yeah, of course I, you know, if I'm in the West, West coast, uh, I prefer to do things after the sun comes up and that's later in the day than when the sun comes up in the East coast. It's not like this, you know, anyway, that, that bugs me. But the other thing that was interesting, so like this debate aside, it's unclear, like whether this is going anywhere in the house, um, because this certainly wasn't on the house's agenda, but apparently it wasn't on really on the Senate's agenda either. And this was sort of done like in a very sneaky way where when almost nobody was there at the Senate, it was introduced onto the floor uh, and with a unanimous consent request and nobody objected, but that's because almost nobody was freaking there. And there were a number of senators who were like, wait, this happened? Some some of the ones who were even there were like, I wasn't sure what was going on. And so I didn't object. But there were others who weren't there who were like, if I knew about this, I would have objected to it. Um, and I think it was uh, your guy there, Marco Rubio, who pushed this through. I mean, and it does have bipartisan support. Let's let's be clear on this. But they didn't go through the normal processes of trying to pass a law, you know, making sure it could pass the filibuster, well, all of this listen, kind of stuff. Listen, I, I, I listen. I think that I'm on board 100 percent with this thing. Uh huh. Even if it's a Marco Rubio thing, I mean, I, I'm I'm a hundred. All these people whining about it need to get over it. I, well, I no, but, this but is, here's the here's the thing that that brings I, up to me as well is if they can just some random senator brings up something at a time where almost nobody is there says uh, pass without unanimous consent and everybody's like what's going on and I suddenly it passes. Other stuff? What else could you do that way? I know, like yeah. You you just like make sure like only the senators who support it happen to be there at the time, and you know you 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 you, we, we you, got you, call, you call it the happy sunshine law or whatever the hell this thing was called, but in fact it's it's like you know codifying Roe versus Wade or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm sure there are you know a variety of reasons why not, but uh, I just found it really funny that this whole thing passed through basically someone trying to sneak it through when no one was paying attention. Um, and then boom, there you go. They Unanimous. Job. They did a great <laughs> job. I mean, I, you know, I'm, so, I'm very impressed. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. And, and, and look, I, I, I'm fine. Like, like I said, to me, the argument about like, which time is the right time. Do you stay on savings? Do you say on, um, uh, 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 on standard, you can def just stop changing it and then like anybody who's unhappy change your time zone i mean like is of course i would prefer utc everywhere but i know that's not going to happen so at least stop changing the stupid clock
It's it's just stupid. Now, the one thing I will point out as well, though, apparently during the Nixon administration, they did go to permanent savings time, just like we're talking about now. With yeah, I know. And people got angry and they they And, and they, people they got angry back. because, you know, and I, I saw somebody post polling before and after, like before that went into effect, it was like 60, 70 percent uh, approved of the idea of going on savings time only. Uh, a year after it went to, into effect or something like that, it was like completely reversed. 60% thought it was a mistake and we should go back to how it was. And it was basically everybody thought, hey, having, you know, lots of sun in the evenings would be great, but didn't take into account the fact that it would be dark in the morning. No, it's, it's okay. Because here's the thing. Daylight savings time doesn't actually save any daylight. It doesn't? <laughs> It's just everybody collectively agrees to do everything earlier in the day than they used to do. That's all it is. Really? Yeah. Wow. I didn't, uh, I, I thought we were saving time from the space yeah. time continuum from my time machine. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now if you really want to throw people out, uh, you know, let's, let's get rid of the 24 hour cycle and like do 30 hour days or something. Oh, fuck. Jesus Christ. And yeah. not, not worry about whether it matches the sun at all. No, that's... Yeah, I'm sure that won't confuse anybody. No, no, but nobody. Nobody at all. No, it would no, be great. No, no, no. no all We're waking up in the middle of the night. We're waking up at what used to be 8 p.m. because it's whatever hour now on the new clock and whatever. And then we're picking up the kids at, the, you know, at, at you know, four in the morning or whatever. So we never see light during the day. And then we go to sleep and, you know, they, the time to go to sleep is during the day. That, I'm sure nobody would be objecting that. I am fully convinced that my natural internal clock, if you stuck me underground where I could see no sun, is like 20, 26, 27 hours long. But, you know. I, 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 I'm, I'm perfectly happy with the 24 hours. <laughs> Uh, okay. I think I think my wife would love a day that was like forty eight hours. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Well, forty eight's mm -hmm. a little long. Forty eight's a little long. But you mm. know, I, I could definitely see longer than twenty four. But ideally, like if that was going to happen, we would also change the speed that the Earth rotates or something to match. Slow down aging at the same time. Hmm. Well, you know. As Superman taught us, you just have I to know. spin around, spin the planet around backwards. Around backwards. I know. Yes. And then you're good. Yeah. <sighs> okay. <laughs> anyway. All right. Okay. Fine. We'll you go. know, we'll okay. The, 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 it's time to take a break and then talk Ukraine. Uh, we went a little bit longer than normal on that, uh, the, the butt first, but we will get to Ukraine in a second. Now, I'm noting that the randomly chosen spots are once again the kind that scare people away. Um, <laughs> so I could either do that or 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 I'll play one of Alex's. So I, I'm going to play one of Alex's. So we'll be back right after this. You're supposed to say do, do, do. Do, do, do. Alex Amzella. Alex Amzella is awesome. Its videos are fun. And today, once again... We have one of our most loyal subscribers here to tell you how awesome Alex Emsela is. I'd say on a rate from 1 to 10, Alex Emsela is awesome at 
I don't know, 37, 82. He's pretty radical. His videos are phenomenal. They're full of creativity. And they're, and they're so funny and exciting to watch. Wow, what happened to your voice then, Amy? Was that dad pretending to be you because the audio was distorted when it really wasn't because I told him to? Yes! Good job on remembering, Dad. Do, do, do! The videos okay. are terrible. Don't, don't, don't believe the word he said. They're a disaster. Anyway. Hey, uh, he's up move. to, he's up to the videos that were originally recorded in January 2017 right now. Well, he's, he's, he's definitely learned from the master. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing them in order. He's getting them done. Yes, he's definitely uh, learned. From, he's learned everything very well. You have taught you, you're, you're, you, you know, you as a sensei, you're, your your protege has definitely learned well. There there you go. And uh yeah, so uh he he is he is now though, he is uh he is now publishing the videos at a faster rate than he is recording new ones, which means he is slowly catching up. Well, that's progress. So will he now, catch his, up in his, what year? 2075? Uh, well, well, his estimate is he should be caught up in about three years. Well, it's not that bad. Yeah, because like basically after 2017, he dramatically slowed down the production of new videos. So once he gets through that bunch, then in terms of time, it'll speed up a lot faster. Back in 2016, 2017, he was recording like four a day, uh, something like this at times. Um, and we were only publishing like one every few weeks you know um but uh so he's working through that 2017 bulge and then things will speed up all right so, so okay anyway so, ukraine the ukraine. ukraine so i guess the first summary is you know in in terms of where the lines are in the war they haven't really moved very much from when we spoke last week it continues to be a story of you know, the the Russians trying to push through and make some progress. Uh, they've made some, but the Ukrainians have, for the most part, uh, held them back. There are a few places where the Russians make gains. In the last 24 hours, I've seen a few places where the Ukrainians actually took back things that the Russians had taken. Um, mm -hmm. And the Russians are still losing an incredible amount of equipment, an incredible number of people. Um and are continuing to attack sort of civilian centers to try to wear things down. Now, to be clear, the Ukrainians have lost a lot of people too. Um, and, you know, one of the things I haven't seen put out is sort of as a percentage of the forces, how does that compare? Because even though the Ukrainians are, you know, inflicting quite a bit of damage on the R Russians, they're the, the number of people they have is smaller to begin with. Uh, at least the official folks, the all all of the you know sort of just people defending their own territory. There are a lot of numbers there, of course. Um, but you know, in the meantime, uh, Zelensky's been going around making appeals all over the place. He's uh, talked to all kinds of European countries. He talked to the U.S. Congress this week. He talked to uh, the Canadian Parliament. Uh, he, he's been making the rounds and uh, uh, being here's very what I will say uh, I, I'm going to give you as uh, uh, I, what I thought is a 
better indicator of where things are right now. Okay. The uh, Russian negotiations? Correct. And what they offered in negotiations. Um, yeah, there, there was a, a, a post. A, well, a, let's just no. say their starting position for the negotiations was, was basically was basically surrender. Everybody in the Ukrainian government had to be gone. So the, the denazification, they had to commit to, uh, you know, uh, recognizing uh, uh, the, the, the break, the, 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 the republics that uh, Russia has recognized right. in Eastern, they had to recognize Crimea was part of Russia, basically complete and total surrender on everything. And, the most recent negotiations appear they appear to be asking for a lot less than that. Yeah, there was a there there was today uh, apparently uh, Erdogan in Turkey is trying to be a go between uh, uh, you know between Russia and and Ukraine. Okay, uh, they they have been giving weapons as as Israel. Ukraine. Both of them are as doing is Israel that. as well. But 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 the conversation today was was basically uh you know with with, uh, with with turkey and some people that that heard the you know that in turkey released details of the conversation okay um and basically the they, they this is a bbc news article today that i thought i shared with the on our slack but i guess i i have not but um but the article's a BBC Ukraine conflict. Putin lays out his demands in Turkish phone call. This was today, like a few hours ago. Um, and basically, you know, the the demands fell into two categories. They were demanding neutrality, um, and they were the you know they were demanding um, some disarmament process. Okay, um, and so and the second was. Um, Basically, that they needed to accept that Crimea was the next, um, and that uh, protection for Russians in in eastern Ukraine, um, which and not much more than that. There were a couple of more things about this, but given that originally they were like asking for a complete capitulation, and that their demands have been. Re- taken down that many notches, okay, in mm-hmm. a call with with with, uh, with Turkey. Look, there there can be no more clear indicator of how you know this is going in the eyes of Putin himself, where that's how much he's dialed down the demands. Okay, um, he's not in a position of strength, uh, and he he's seeing it. Uh, he thinks he isn't, you know, but he isn't somewhat of a position of strength because he's bombarding innocent civilians right now, which that's the new strategy. He's just trying to just bomb them into whatever better negotiating tactic. And the, the other thing that uh, was a clear indicator of uh, how weakened the situation on the Russian side is, was the the fact that they went to China to request uh assistance both economically right. and militarily um the interesting thing about that is that while the chinese have purchased russians weapon systems in the past uh the russians never bought any weapons from china 
at all. Mm. Th- this has never happened. The, the Chinese are not a weapon supplier uh, to them. Um, and so the fact that they were asking for weapons, uh, that seemed like a clear indicator that the overall assessment that we've all been making that, uh, you know what, they know, well, I know that I've been, I've made that assessment since the beginning and I've seen a lot of other analysts now, uh, coming out with that basically saying, oh yeah, they don't have the resources to be able to withstand, you know, doing this for like a long time. And that's what I kept saying. And, and now it's becoming very evidently clear that what I had been calling out about that is correct. Well, it, 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 it seemed clear even as soon as the first week that they had absolutely counted on, you know, everything collapsing instantly and not really having much of a fight. Well, um, an expert in, in the space related to how Rush under Putin has, um, has done this, had posted a, a, a Twitter thread earlier this week where he had explained that in almost every other place where they had gone in, like, say, like Belarus to support uh, those guys, in Kazakhstan uh, to support the, the strong man over there, that what they had done is this entire thing where, uh, and this is a thread by Kamil uh, Galiv, okay? Um, and he explained on that, that they had always, like, counted on these paratrooper drop-ins at first that we heard at the start of the war we <laughs> had heard did not work at that all. they right and 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 they had they, those had come in and these people had been basically big groups of thugs and they had gone in and usually intimidated people behind enemy enemy lines and then what that allowed is for the russian army which is moving later to be able to just come in unopposed so what, what happened this time, unlike in, you know, in Georgia, for example, they used this tactic in Chechnya, they used it or the, the other times they also used it in, um, in, in, in Belarus to support the guy. But this time what happened is when they sent in these small groups of like thugs in up front, they got annihilated. They, they, right. they got annihilated and they had not counted on that at all. They thought that they were just going to push them in and then go under. So. Because they couldn't annihilate that, because they, they because they got annihilated, and because it's now even more clear that Russian air strength is really not very good. They they can they cannot go into an airspace and dominate the air as the U.S. can as well. Um, left their ground troops in a totally vulnerable position, and. And 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 because the Ukrainians, what they had been doing is going out and seeing these columns coming in that they thought they were coming unopposed and they were coming in, you know, going through roads and other things. Because as we had mentioned earlier in January, one of the things that people had said is, listen, you can't invade unless the, the unless that ground is frozen. Otherwise, you're going to be restricted to roads. You're restricted to roads. You're sitting ducks. But that's what the Russians proceeded to do because they thought, because the original plan was to have them just capitulate very easily with these thugs coming in and Zelensky would fall and then they would roll in and voila, here we go, we're, we've taken over. So they became targets for all these small weapons, which to these tanks, they're, they don't have an easy way to defend against those at all. 
they don't have any way of defending them at all. Uh, plus, the Russian troops got told that they were going to come in and they were going to be received as liberators. If they were told at all. <laughs> if they were told at all what they were do- what they were doing, they got told first. They didn't even know they were going to war. They got told they were going into some kind of like a training mission. So they didn't even know where the hell they're going. So all of a sudden they're going into what is a training mission and they start getting fired upon for real. So they're completely unprepared. So the Russians basically just you know, fuck this whole thing up from the beginning. Well, um, let me let me add another place where they screwed up just while, while we're sort of cataloging this. We talked before about supply lines, but also in addition to that, there's this communications. They have correct. completely fallen apart on communications. They're using yes. either unencrypted radios or like commercial cell phones. Cell phones. And correct. one of the things that, you know, we've been counting sort of, you know, the Ukrainians have picked off a whole bunch of generals. I, and yes. apparently a big part of that is that they're just picking up the phone and using a regular cell, whatever. Right. And the, the Ukrainians are able to identify, right. Hey, this general is on the phone, geolocate them, and then just aim something at Blast them and, and done. And, yeah. and it's just like, this is, and apparently this is because they're, they, they do theoretically have some, you know, more sophisticated encrypted technology, whatever, but, um, it's not well it spread work. throughout. It, it, it doesn't it, it work. Doesn't it's work. not well spread. It, also, they, they have different, like the, the air force has something different than the army then, and all kinds of issues with it. And the bottom line was, like you said, it doesn't work. They couldn't do anything effective with that. So they're Look falling back to these thing. other methods, which are wide open to people exploiting. Listen, another another issue is that uh, military estimates of Russian strength uh, for a long time, and this goes back even to, to Jesus that appeared in the Soviet Union. I haven't called him the Soviet Union again today. Again today, so wow, I'm doing a little better. But I have, but, but you know, um, going back to the Soviet Union, where we way overestimated their strength. And this has been a repeated this has been a repeated issue with them because of the of the, just the sheer numbers of sometimes of things that they have, um, and then people keep saying, "Well, purchasing power parity, you know, the the Russian military, yeah, they only spend about forty fifty billion dollars in U.S., but you gotta go with a purchasing power parity because that means in Russia because of, of cost being lower, that means that it really is one hundred and fifty billion. It, what they're getting out of their value. They're getting a lot more for their money. And mm. you know what? That is, uh, uh, let me tell you, bullshit. It, it's just utter bullshit. And the reason uh, that I that I say this is because most of what a military is, is composed, It's it, the, the, the troops are not the biggest cost. It is the hardware, the systems, and everything to keep it going. And one of the things that I've discovered is doing business globally everywhere that I've, I've, I mean, I've, the only continent that I haven't done a business transaction is in Africa. Okay. And, and Antarctica. And Antarctica. Okay. All right. Yep. Fair enough. Okay. And Antarctica. But one of the things that I, that I found is that uh, this whole thing is, is utter bullshit because any industry that depends on hardware that is made out of computer components, electronics, you know, all, all of these other things, uh, you know, th- these are we're talking about a hard good. The damn prices for those capital goods, whether it's in Russia or it's in 
the US or it's in Colombia or it's in Brazil, it's the 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 euro dollar denominated price is the one that that costs everywhere. That is the reality. It doesn't matter what the local purchasing power is, okay? And as a matter of fact, it actually in many cases costs more because of duties, taxes, and other things added on top, okay? So you go say, you want to get an iPhone in, say, Brazil. If I went to buy the same iPhone that cost me $1,200 in Brazil, it would cost me $2,000. In, in, in the U.S., it would cost me $1,200. In Brazil, it cost me $2,000. And so we'll say, well, but they're a military industry. Well, listen, it may need the military buying it, but I guarantee you that every subcontractor that they are using isn't tax-exempt like the government is. So they, they can't buy that shit without every additional importation cost, intermediary cost, tax and so forth. So all the capital goods that they buy really cost the same as the U.S. A jet fighter costs what a jet fighter costs anywhere. If, if, if Russian goods were that much cheaper at purchasing power, why, you know, why wouldn't the Russians just buy Russian aircraft? They make some aircraft. So why, well, and then you would think, well, there should be super cost effective. That's Sukhoi Superjet they make. Man, they should be able to buy a ton of them and corner the market. Here's a reality. Almost 90 plus percent of the uh, airline fleet in, 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 in Russia is made up of Boeing and Airbus aircraft. And it's because that is a fallacy. Almost every damn system, everything that comes into something comes in in that dollar denomination. So in the labor component isn't significant. OK, it's just not that big a deal to keep uh, to keep a, a military out there. What does it take? 10 fucking aircraft carriers that the U.S. keeps out there. Let me tell you something. Those fuckers are expensive as all fucking balls. Okay? And complex. Yeah. And everything else for that matter. The Russians and the Chinese have been trying to make one fucking aircraft carrier for the longest fucking time, and those people can't ha have one that actually works. And we got 10 of them. And by the way, they cost, like, billions of dollars a pop. The first one of the next generation right now is going to cost the U.S. like close to, the, I think, the Ford that's coming out right now. It's going to cost like $30 billion, half the Russian military budget for one year right. on one fucking aircraft carrier. They don't have the resources to do that shit. And that is why I kept saying, listen, you guys keep telling me that this fucking military somehow is making magic with only $60 billion with less than 10% of our budget. And it's like, you know. I'm sorry, but they're not Steve Jobs that used to go back then with 10% of the, not even 5% of the R&D budget of other people. He came out with more ideas. No, the, the, the Russians are slow. They're plotting. They're, they're, they're technocratic. They, 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 nothing happens without it being approved centrally. You have an entire system of corruption all the way down that makes everything expensive as well because everything over there exists on a massive scale of corruption. And so, hell, it makes our problems with like, you know, military spending look like nothing. And so, no, what, what Dish exposed is that all of this vaunted technology and aircraft and military and whatever that, that they had been like going around flaunting was garbage. It was just, it's, it's bullshit. It, it really, they don't have anywhere near the capability. And I saw recently a number of military guys that said, well, Maybe we have to reassess the capabilities of the Russian army. I'm like, you fucking think? So I, I saw while you were going through that rant, um, a tweet came across uh, from uh, someone I followed, Dean Gloucester. 
It's just, that's the name. It's the Twitter handle. Three weeks ago, Russia was widely regarded to have the second best armed forces in the world. Today, Russia barely has the second best army in Ukraine. You know? Um, yeah. And I, 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 I don't know if that's exactly true, but I think that it resonates exactly with what you were saying in terms of what this is exposing more than everything, anything else is just how hollow uh, the Russian armed forces really are now, you know, but you have also the combination that because it's equipment and tactics, right? Yeah. And, and it's, tactics look, it's, not make a big difference. it's not to say they still can't do lots and lots of damage. Like but it, their, but current, their damage. current, what their current, what they have resorted to is just to basically just fire indiscriminately yes. into areas where they know there are people because they cannot do anything on a targeted fashion. They can't. Right. Well, and the question All they is can how... do is just inflict, you know, random damage. Right. But, yeah, you know, that's not insignificant. I mean, they can... It's they not. Can... But, now, but this is the other part that we know. We know yeah. that they don't, apparently, don't have enough... They're, they're, they're starting to run low on any other shit they're doing, doing that with as well. Th- thus asking the Chinese for more. Exactly. Uh, now, I-, I was actually a little bit surprised that that even leaked. You'd think that kind of conversation would be kept pretty secret, but I'm going to tell you something: the Chinese are playing both sides. <laughs> yeah, and, and they they they've been making some moves over the last week as well. Yeah, yeah. The, the Chinese listen. The, the Chinese listen. The Chinese are in the game for the Chinese. They couldn't give a fuck about Putin. The only reason, right. they, you know, it, 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 they're also like, you know, they're to, to, to the Chinese, Putin is a use, another useless idiot. Just like just like Trump was a useless idiot for Putin. Okay? Useful. The, the, useful. I mean, well, it's, there, it's, he's useless, but useful. But, you know, Jesus Christ. I, it's like, just, so Trump was a useful. Well, he's kind of useless. I find it difficult to use the word useful with him. But, okay. Trump was a useful idiot for Putin. Putin is a useful idiot for the Chinese. Yeah. And that, that's that's all I see. That's that's the way that they see him. Okay. I'm sure that the Chinese maybe going over there, do it over just or whatever, do whatever because it's to their advantage. But also the same time you're looking at this, what a fucking moron. Well, like, yeah. And th- this actually brings up, I mean, lots of people have been saying, you know, how the, 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 the real challenge for the next century is versus China, not versus Russia, et cetera. If, if you look at comparatively, um, you know, economic power. I mean, certainly Russia is dwarfed, oh, you know, by geez. by China yeah. and everyone else. They're tiny, right? Now they they've got this large arms force, large armed forces left over from the Cold War, and and they've got nukes. You know, right. that's, that's the that's only thing. Base, that's basically that's basically that's basically what they got. So, moving on from all of this, this, this goes on to the question, and we t- we talked about this last week, but it, the conversation has continued, so I figure we bring it up again. Um, there is increasing pressure as you see more horrific things happening in Ukraine that from people saying, you know, the you know Biden should be doing more, NATO should be doing more. They need to, you know, why aren't we supplying planes? Why aren't we doing no fly zones? Etc. Um, and I'll tell you, I feel like mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sympathetic to that. We talked last year, last year, we talked last, last year? week about the it's reason even, not. Oh, yeah, honestly, I know, not, it's, not, it seems like it's last year. But, la- last, last week, we talked about how, look, the reason is you want to play really conservative 
when you feel there's even a tiny chance that the way the other side is going to react is going to be by nuking some cities. And so you want to be conservative about that. Mm-hmm. I honestly feel like I have very little to complain about the way that Biden has been threading this needle, to be honest. He has been giving lots of support to the Ukrainians, but he's been avoiding sort of the most obvious overt things that would really back Putin into a corner. Um, and for the most part, I, I he's letting Putin, for the most part, he's letting Putin fail on his own. He's letting because right. as long as you have all the dynamics you just talked about and you have the Russians incurring huge, huge amounts of casualties, huge, huge amounts of equipment loss. You've got, you know, you've got people demonstrating inside Russia in more and more obvious ways as we, as we pass in time. Uh, You've got uh, reports of, you know, even some people within the Russian government sort of being, "Ah, I'm not so sure about this. You know, you know, you, you're essentially allowing you're providing as much support as you can without pushing things over the edge. And you're letting this sort of play out in a way where, you know, the Ukrainians are doing a pretty damn good job defending right now. I mean, you know, to be clear, they're taking lots of hits, but you know, this situation gets worse for Putin and the Russians, the longer it lasts. Yeah, we said they they counted on a very quick, immediate capitulation. They didn't get that. We're three plus weeks in now. Um, you know, you've said, you know, you're like, this can't go past 90 days. Um, you know, but the bottom line is the longer it does go on, the harder it's going to be for the Russians to continue and the more difficult a situation it will be at home for Vladimir Putin. Well, wow, because also a lot of the information, look, all these troops, when you send 150, think about, you send 150,000 troops out on the, uh, into battle, right? I mean, how many, how many people does each one of those people know? Right? Mm-hmm. Probably talking about directly. You're talking about at least 10 on average, right. 20, the, probably. That I think they that, know back home. that they know back home. So basically, each one of these people that dies, you know, or is injured or comes back with a story and tells them this, so you're talking about 120,000 of them times about 20 people. We're talking about, uh, what the heck, how's my math right now? You're talking about directly about 2 point, you know, 2.5 million people that will hear the story directly. First hand, my, my guy died. Okay. I, I, my, my, my buddy got injured. And to how many people does that relay the story? It turns it into a situation where whatever he's saying out there versus what he was hearing from those people that are there, um, you know, becomes a, a, a difficult story. And and I know that before in other wars, this has always been um, a problem for anybody engaging in a war when what they are saying versus what's happening is is so different. But getting back to to look what Biden has been doing, yeah, and where we are right now. Uh, look, the the key thing, and I think uh, you had mentioned this uh, at some point. I can't remember when we were chatting about this, you know, online probably. That uh, there is a big difference in the, how people see the risk. If you lived through the Cold War or if you didn't, 
there are some exceptions on both sides, but for the most part, that seems to be the pattern I see. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, it's one of those things where I'm just like, look, believe me, I would love nothing more than to, uh, stop this like right now and to because militarily i'm sure that we could do something that takes out those conventional uh troops but look it unleashing nuclear war um because we corner putin and he feels like that's his only option is is a terrible option and, well, and, uh, and I think, you, you not... know, look, pe- people are right when they say, even in that scenario, you probably won't get the nuclear war. Something else would happen. There'd be an off ramp somewhere. But again, like we said last week, and I don't, I don't want to repeat myself too much, but like when the negative possibility is that bad, you want to be really, really 100% sure that what you pick is not going to be that escalation. I've, you know, I saw somebody uh, posting where they, they retweeted somebody who'd made some comment and they're like, oh, I see we're at the, oh, nuclear war wouldn't be that bad part yes. of the conversation because right. some, some asshole was talking about, you know, well, you know, it would probably be okay. Lots of people would survive, you know? Yes. It's, <laughs> I, I read that story. I was just like, I wanted to, I wanted to find that guy and punch the, kick, kick the shit out of him. Ah, nuclear war wouldn't be as bad as some people make it out to be. And I'm like, look, listen, asshole. I'm like, <laughs> you have, you know, a few subs with like, you know, these damn, like, you know, uh, ICBMs. You launch about 50 of those. You hit like 50 big cities. You take you you're you're ta- you're easily talking at least twenty five million dead in one stroke. Fuck off. No, no, and, that, and that's on the first shot, and then radiate, and then all the you know radiation afterwards. You're you're out of your mind. You're out of your fucking mind. The yeah. the, the, the I, scenarios are just not good. And no. I feel like you know what what Biden and NATO and the others are doing. Um, is, you know, like even now, honestly, like Putin could say, you know, well, they have said the Russians have said the economic sanctions are war. Right. You supplying the, you know, anti-aircraft weaponry is war, you know, so you're already escalating. Um, you're already pushing that line. You're already pushing that line. I feel like, you know, like I said, it, it's a threading the needle kind of thing, I, you know, and 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 I I hope that we have some intelligence or some kind of sense of like uh, that's beyond pure guesswork as to where we think the line really is. That if we cross, you know, suddenly things go bad really fast. Um, I don't, I don't know that we do have a really good idea, but the further you go in that direction, the higher the risk. And I feel like we're already doing quite a lot. I mean, there is no question that, you know, the Ukrainians are benefiting from all kinds of assistance from NATO countries like massive amounts of assistance. We're right. sharing intelligence. We're giving them weapons. We're you know, all kinds of stuff. We haven't done a no fly zone because it would involve direct 
conflict. Uh, we haven't done planes because there are a bunch of logistical issues involved in that, but we've done everything up through that. Right. Um, and, and they're doing okay. You know, and, and, and frankly, I mean, I, I saw some stuff this week in terms of the planes of like, you know, even the planes that Ukrainians already have, they're not fully utilizing right now and stuff like that. And that was part of the calculus as well. I don't know. I, I, I think that, you know, one of the tricks on on this careful navigation that the Biden administration and the rest of NATO is doing uh, is going to be that if the Russians continue with the strategy of just bombarding cities, killing as many people as they can, and they're successful in expanding that to other regions, um, the the pressure to do more is just going to grow and grow and grow. The only way that starts to decline is if the Ukrainians actually start like pushing the Russians back out. Um, or if, you know, there's a change of mind on the Russian side and they actually start withdrawing, right? Or or maybe these peace talks actually come to something at some point. But otherwise, well, if, if this strategy continues, the pressure is just going to rise. And, um, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, and it's, I don't know, like at what point, like, do you say like, if, if, if they let, 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 let's say Russia does go nuclear and just starts nuking Ukrainian cities, not you, not nuking NATO, but nuking Ukrainian cities at one, at what point do we say, okay, we got to step in and do something. Well, I'm going to believe that probably um, NATO countries would demand that because if you start dropping nukes on there uh, on them, it really is almost an attack on, on 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 NATO because of the nuclear fallout for that would uh, that would come from that and that w- where it would yeah. spread. I, I mean, I, I, so obviously, I'm, is that you want to talk obviously about obviously I'm pro- that obviously probably... I'm producing. I, I, obviously, this is an extreme scenario, and hopefully. Look, Putin but, isn't thinking but, about it, but because you, you know, you're talking about listen, the fallout, it's going to go over Russia too, you know? Well, yeah, but, you know, but, but at this point, uh, look, uh, Putin was, uh, speaking tonight on, on, on TV and from the report that I saw on how he spoke, I, I mean, the, the news tone of what is being transmitted to the Russians at first, it was a very vitriolic, thing talking about the Nazis, the drug addicts or whatever. But it, it, it tonight, you know, people were saying, as a matter of fact, that the, at a certain point, he completely lost this thread and started being mm. unhinged and incoherent. And later they posted a video online of what he said, and they completely edited that entire part out. Mm. And it, it's seeming that the pressure is definitely getting... Well, and, and, and also apparently there was a significant rant against, you know, the people who were protesting and things like that about internal Russian traders and we'll get rid of them too. That kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. And, but the narrative is really changing on what they're showing even on the official, um, uh, newscast right now, which has been completely positive of what had been going on. And now they're not as, um as positive as they were. And, yeah, and and a big part of um, what he talked about was regarding the economy. Because what's happening is very visibly hitting people. Um, 
in their everyday life. Uh, yesterday yeah. there were video videos being posted how, I mean, McDonald's, which had become an institution basically, and in, in it's it, it, it McDonald's became a big institution during Soviet times when the first McDonald's opened in 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 Red Square. Okay, there was a there was one there before the fall of the Soviet Union, before when you know we basically didn't do barely did any business in the Soviet Union and. This is a much big to do, and right. at a couple of days ago, every McDonald's in 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 the Soviet Union shut down. All of Russia, them. Uh, Russia. Yeah. Well, finally, I finally I called it. Jesus. Well, I I spent like I did pretty good, you know. Not calling. <laughs> anyway, the McDonald's closed. All of the McDonald's. Yes, all closed. all of them. Yes. All the McDonald's closed. Apple stopped selling anything in 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 the Soviet Union. Uh, you know, there were women who you know posted on social media, Instagram, whatever, crying about how they lost uh, access to Instagram. Although, right. I don't know. I'm actually that's actually a good thing at this point. But anyway, um, you know, so, so there was people are feeling this directly. Okay, across Russia. Today, there has been a whole bunch of this discussion about uh, whether Russia was going to default on their debt, mm-hmm. uh, on their foreign debt. Because um, they were talking about maybe paying due. it in rubles. Yes, but but those were uh, payments that were dollar denominated. They really, right. this was foreign debt. They, they, this was not something where they really had an option to make this payment uh, using rubles. And... There was news this morning that somehow the Russians had managed to make the debt payment, but it was unconfirmed um, whether the the payment had reached uh, the debt holders so as to not consider Russia in default. Right. Um, but they were on the brink of a, uh, of a foreign default. Right now, Russia, uh, basically every foreign lesser has sought to repossess all aircraft uh that the airlines in the, in Russia have, and basically Vladimir Putin um, d- decided to allow them to continue flying the, these aircraft. All all of them had airworthiness certificates well, he, that he, he's been, he's been in nas- Bermuda. Yeah, he's so, been. But yeah. he, ha, haven't they also been nationalizing some of the companies who've pulled out and just saying, they okay, we'll nationalizing take their stuff. some. They threatened to nationalize them, but I haven't seen any that this was actually happened. But the one okay. thing about the aircraft is there were there were foreign lessers and they were registered in Bermuda, and the airworthiness certificates were issued in Bermuda, and so, you know, Putin went and passed, uh, I don't know, by decree or whatever, to say, oh, they can register here, but these are foreign-owned aircraft leased to the, the, them. So basically, it's like you taking a car that you leased, you went to another country and you decided not to return it and keep it and not return it. It's not mm-hmm. like you st- you're stealing that. I mean, they're stealing all the damn planes, basically. Okay, without without making pain, is what you're doing. We're talking about 500 plus aircraft, not a small number, right? Um, and, and so, but but then, you know, the 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 other problem that comes along with this is that, well, uh, everybody said, well, we're not selling Airbus. Boom, no, said fuck you, spare parts. Fuck you, you're not getting any. Okay, uh, and they, I know that they tried to get the Chinese to sell the spare parts, and the Chinese said, oh, no, we're not. We're not selling them because 
oh, then we'll get cut off from spare parts. Nope. Right. And that that's one of the things, too, by the way, that there, there were extensive talks this week between China and the U.S., uh, and I gather a big part of that communication was basically the U.S. saying, you see all the sanctions currently on Russia? We will do some of that stuff to you, too, if you support Russia in this. Now, uh, I think you know. doing it to China would be a hell of a lot harder than Russia. So I'm yes. not sure, you know, so maybe we could do some stuff, but it's not like we're going to, you know, y- you talk about not being able to sell iPhones. You shut down yeah. China. You're not going to be able to sell iPhones. Right. I mean, I think one of the things is that um, for the last 30 or 40 years, you know, the, the Western attitude towards both China and Russia had been, if we integrate them enough, they won't go and do something suicidal like what Putin just did. That because, was the whole thought Because thought. this kind of stuff would happen and it would be impossible to sustain because everything would be so interconnected that war would be inconceivable. Right. And that's what Germany was had been counting on. A lot of people were saying, well, why would the, the Germans went and, you know, because I always thought they're, they're depending almost solely on, on you know, 50% of their energy on, uh, on Russia. And what they thought is, well, this is diplomacy because we think that if we do that, then we're so economically intertwined that uh, uh, they won't do something stupid. Okay. But mm-hmm. the problem is that with Russia, you know, it, all of the signals pointed to the fact that he was capable of this for a very long time. And so depending on Russia, when we've known for over a decade that they were so unreliable, was was crazy. And, and, and what's finally happened is that the Germans said, well, I guess that didn't work. So we're going to we're going to plan over the next 24 months how to completely decouple ourselves from anything that has to do with Russia, from energy or anything else. Now, with China, we've been doing the same thing. Um, look, to the Chinese and to us, it's really mutually assured economic suicide to do, you know, to do this at the moment. Our economies are definitely, China and the U.S. economies are super intertwined. This is the reality of this, which is why I always thought that uh, Trump's uh, saber rattling with China was kind of crazy. I thought that, look, if you want to negotiate something different with China, then you either... You, you you sit down with them and you make a deal uh, vis-a-vis, you know, each country where, you know, you're not trying to embarrass the Chinese into something because we blame China a lot for where the hell we are in the U.S. economically right now in terms of our dependency with them. But let's be clear about this. We gave it to them. We sent all this manufacturing there. They didn't mm-hmm. have any of this. We sent it there. We decided that they had a capability or whatever, not Taiwan, not Korea, not here, whatever. We'll send it over there. We closed out a lot of the factories here. We sent a lot of manufacturing over there. I mean, I, I, I still remember 20 years ago going to the compact campus in Houston where they used to manufacture. It was an entire manufacturing campus and all 90% of manufacturing was gone. So, so we did that. Okay. And, and there were good reasons for doing that. But my thing is that right now going and like blaming the Chinese because they took all these manufacturing jobs. Well, we sent them there. There were a lot of good reasons why. I think it benefited the world and everybody in the end. It did have it does it does have some negative consequences in certain areas, but that we didn't handle very well. But in the end, for the world and for a lot of people in China that got swept out of poverty by these jobs, it was great. But you know, don't fucking go and just say, oh, it's your fault. You stole it from me. No, 
we went in with our eyes open and gave this business to them. So right now with, with China, I, I, I think that, like I said earlier, look, I, I haven't seen, they, to me, they're just, they're doing this. China has been on a global march towards increasing their influence everywhere in the world. Africa, Latin America, worldwide, everywhere that's that they have been, they have been moving, you know, aggressively to to increase their global influence. Um, I think that to them, this whole thing with Putin to them was is is a useful idiot, and I think that they will use them as much as they can in order if they feel that it helps them uh, achieve some kind of like a multilateral world. You know, if you know what I'm saying, is is what they're 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 looking at. I I think that sometimes their vision of the world is one like that was like before nuclear weapons and what happened in World War One, World War Two type of world, kind of a thing mm-hmm. like that. But those kinds of alliances and wars happening on a regular basis, I think that's the kind of world that they would like, which is like kind of like that kind of world and the world that happened in the post cold post uh, World War Two world. That's their vision, I think. There, there are a lot that. of people who seem to long for, you know, the 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 days when men were men and they would go out and fight wars and do battles and countries would take over each other and right. you know, there there seems to be a lot of longing for that in certain areas. Uh and, and you know, everywhere, not just US, not just Russia, yes. not just you know, there there are folks who seem to like you know, I don't know, go back to the good old days of the 1800s yes. and and the early 1900s. Yes. Those weren't the good old days. I'm sorry. Those were not good old days for anybody. For anybody. Not for working class people, not for not not for anybody living in these countries, not for most, you know, not for middle class people, not, not for anybody. The old, I mean, I don't know who the hell benefited from that kind of world. You know, maybe a couple of people thought it was great. The ones that were I, like, I, mean, I for, don't know, they were bloodthirsty lunatics. For the longest time, I mean, uh, you know, in, until we sort of had the resurgence of Trump and, and I guess, Putin and some of these other people who feel like this way. I mean, the, the, the post-World War II international rules-based order, quote-unquote, um was in some ways one of the greatest successes of humankind in terms of like producing a peaceful era in Europe that hadn't been seen in centuries. Right. Um, now I don't want to, let me me just say one thing. I don't want to clear. I just, I just want to say this. I don't want to over glamorize that. There were all kinds of other parts of the world. There was colonialism. There were all kinds of bad things going on, but the post-World War II order succeeded in producing sort of a zone of peace internationally where, you know, where trade could flourish. And the end result was dramatically improving the living conditions of people all over the world. And yes, it was unevenly distributed, of course, you know, you know, certain places benefited more than others and certain places were exploited. Not going to deny that. But uh, if you look on a worldwide basis, almost everywhere is a hell of a lot better off than they were a hundred years ago. No, totally. But the one one thing, let's be clear about the post-world, 
War II era. It it also doesn't mean that I don't want to whitewash it. The United States didn't do yeah. a lot of nasty things in that. Oh period. yeah, and neither, oh, yeah. neither did the Russians. Look, I mean, we went like we we murdered like uh, presidents like in Chile, and we did a lot of those things. But what what I did, but what did happen is that as time progressed. Those things that were acceptable, say, in the 50s and 60s of going to Vietnam to to that we went and we supported dictator and like gave weapons and knocked off another one and and, and did that kind of shit. Those became much less acceptable. They, they, yeah. Those those stopped being, for the most part, foreign policy tools that the United States used. You know, in, in Latin America, it used to be normal that the United States would 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 support dictators and and knock off people and put people in power. And the that level of intervention in 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 the politics in the Americas, for example, reduced substantially. You know, uh, yes, we, with the big outlier that we had was the damn Iraq War in, yep. in the early two thousands. But at the same time, it was a war that was unpopular. It was one that nobody agreed upon. And I think it's one that everybody agrees that was involved was a ridiculously bad mistake, and one that basically everybody in this country is basically committed to never fucking doing again. What one story of the twentieth century and early twenty first is basically a continual reduction in the scope of what was considered acceptable behavior for countries. Right. You know, if you go to the 1900, you know, no rules. Jesus. Right. Yeah. No rules. No, no rules. rules. Like, no you rules. know, uh, countries would do whatever they want. They would invade each other. They, they would, yep. you know, uh, chemical weapons were on the table. Yep. Uh, you know, full scale attack on civilian populations was a normal <sighs> well, part of war. No problem. You know, all, you know, th- through World War II, the you know the, the obviously the atomic bomb, but also there was mass bombings of cities. Uh, yes. You know the 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 London Blitz, Dresden. You know yep. uh, uh, all kinds of things. Um, and over the course of the century, those kinds of tactics became unacceptable. unacceptable. You know, obviously Russia's doing some of them right now, but those you became know, more and more. Syria and yeah, and we but, know that the war the, in Yemen has seen a lot of that as well, but yes. it's just the, not, it's a lot less than it used to happen. It's a lot less than it's used to. And the people who do that are considered to be rogues. Yes. And, and, you know, and th- those were the big things. And. Other things, like you said, the sort of, uh, you know, the assassinations and supporting coups and all this kind of stuff. Y- yes, it still happens. Yes, it's still going on. But there's been a general trend that less and less of that is considered acceptable. Exactly. Whereas, whereas, you know, in previous decades, nobody would blink twice. I mean, I, I, no, I don't want listen, I, previous so decades. I, 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 I want to be careful. Give me an like, example. Look, plenty of people blinking in the 60s, et cetera. But you, you know listen, what I mean. Listen, let me give you an example, okay, uh, of the difference between like the uh, just going back to the 70s versus the, uh, you know, the 90s. You know, we, had, we we talked about Pinochet being installed in Chile with massive support by by, by the U.S., who, who basically seems to have been involved in the assassination of the uh, of the president that was in power then. You know, now, right now we've had in, in Venezuela, ever since the year two, 2000, we've had Hugo Chavez and Nicolas Maduro basically running a dictatorship in Venezuela. One that has, I mean, it's been economically and civil, you know, destruction of the country. But yet at the same time, as something like that, uh, 30 years ago, for example, we invaded Panama. 
because they had hmm. Manuel Noriega as a, a as a dictator. Okay, um, and, and that was seen as acceptable. But the reality is that 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 you know yeah, afterwards it was we did some, it made some drug charge, right? Like yes, on drug charges. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, he was he was trafficking drugs. I, I'm sure so, he was, but that was that was clearly a pretext, though, right? That wasn't it, that really was clearly a pretext. We I, I will say this, but but you know, but Noriega actually, by the way. The U.S. knocking off uh, Noriega and Panama was popular with the Panamanians. They they are very grateful for that. Okay, that's another point. But the thing is that that's not normally the case. In almost every country that we have done something like that, it, it's been it's been a disaster. Uh, the last time that I think we sent troops to a country was Haiti, like sometime in the nineties. Okay, and in Latin America, and since then, Zippo, nothing. That's it. We haven't done it. But you know, that's the difference. The that regime in Venezuela. Has not counting survived, not, right? Right. I'm saying I'm talking about the Americas, right, right? Because that's been where we have been more involved. But that regime has lasted twenty. We have not. I mean, in the past, we would have fucking knocked off. We would have gone and fucking killed Chavez. We fucking brought him or brought him here, whatever. Bumped him off. The guy would have been gone. Twenty years later, he died. His successor is appointed. He's been there. We haven't. We've never invaded Venezuela, even though, uh, by the way, a lot of Venezuelans would lo- that are in the U.S. would love us to do so. But the answer Wait, has been w- no. There was, there was that attempt during the Trump administration where those people went across the border and then tweeted yes. about their invasion. Yes, that they were geniuses. Yes, and they all got captured because they're just stupid. But, anyway. But, but my point is that it's been, all of that has been less acceptable in the modern era. And the world has been the better for it. Okay, and the fact that you've got these people like Putin that want to go back to that world, it's just disgusting. It's just ridiculous. It's just that world sucked. No, I don't want back in that fucking world. Well, and this is why you see this, the reaction we've seen uh, to Russia doing this. First of all, there was all the there's no way they'll really do it kind of thought beforehand. But then once they did, you know, basically. With only a handful of exceptions, the entire world was like, yeah, no, this is so not okay. You know, we are going to do everything we can short of outright war to indicate our disapproval, to help the Ukrainians, to impose penalties on the Russians, et cetera, that, you know, in, 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 in decades gone by, you would have seen a very divided world on this. And some people taking the Russian side and some people taking the Ukrainian side. And, you know, some people trying to be neutral. 30 years ago went very simple. If it was back in the Soviet Union days, the Warsaw Pact days, whatever, would have been simple. Anybody who was aligned with with, with so-called communism, because, you know, they, they... you know, yeah, yeah, some, yeah. Some are, yeah, whatever they would have been. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Russians were justified or whatever. And the others would have not. And that's it. Basically that's simple. Yeah. Yeah. That but would have been the, it. But no. the unit, the unity on this is, is, is very telling. I think Hell, Switzerland, and all, impo- Switzerland imposed sanctions on Russia. I, I'm still yeah. shocked about that one. And looking at which countries, didn't go there and are hesitant or are aligning North with Korea, Russia. India, China. I don't know. There, there, it was like five of them. Yeah. 
it's telling which five those are, you know, yeah. what the, what those countries are that are there and they're all fairly isolated. And like you said, China is sort of trying to like play the middle ground. Uh, the Indians but, are also doing the same thing. Yeah. The, the middle ground thing. Anyway, uh, did, did, did we miss anything big for, for this week that we need to cover Yvonne? Mm, uh, not that I know of. No. So shall we wrap it up? We can wrap it up. Okay. Well, since we're wrapping it up, you guys know the drill. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, see our archived episodes, anything like that, go to curmudgeons-corner.com uh, and you'll see all that stuff. All the ways to contact us, our old episodes. I did last week start going back and fixing more of the old descriptions from way back when. Uh, slowly but surely, I'll clean all those up so that they look the right way. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, go to the website, find all that stuff, get in contact us. We 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 love to hear from you and get feedback. Yeah, uh, one of feedback in a long time. Yeah, or maybe yeah. you forgot to tell us that we got feedback because you, sometimes you forget that we get feedback. Yeah, sometimes I forget. Sometimes I don't notice. You know, you know who knows. Yes. Um, but. Um, but yeah, be in contact with us. Uh, one of the things on there is a link to our Patreon uh, where you can uh, give us uh, little donations. Uh, we always appreciate the help uh, for the expenses of the show. And uh, if you donate $2, oh, wait, I, should, I always should say at various levels, we'll mention you on the show. We'll send you a postcard. We'll get, send you a mug, all kinds of stuff like that. But at $2 a month or more, or if you just contact us and ask nicely, we will invite you to our Commudgeons Corner Slack, where Yvonne and I and some of our listeners are just chatting throughout the week, sharing links, uh, talking about the news, uh, whatever. Uh, so Yvonne, what are some things that this week we talked about on the Commudgeons Corner Slack that we did not talk about on the show? Uh, the, the nine to five schedule should be the next pillar of work to fall. That's one thing. It was a uh, uh, it was an editorial in the uh, well an op ad in the New York Times I believe New York Times yep uh, you also uh, uh, Sam shared some first in focus images images of the James Webb uh, telescope yep uh, it looks was, nice uh, really cool I actually just saw here at the Boston Planetarium they had a really cool video on the on the Webb telescope that was pretty cool uh, let's see uh, also. Um, uh, what the heck? Uh, well, we talked about the Protection Act. Uh, oh, apparently that for some reason, regulars say self-driving cars don't need brake pedals or steering wheels to be safe. Right. I, I, I would like some emergency stop button. I, I think they'll have emergency. And stop I think buttons. that maybe I think maybe that's what they're saying that it doesn't need to be in the form of, of that. It's like, hey, something's going wrong. There's probably you know pull a rip cord or something. Or whatever. You will you will probably have you know, a control screen to input your destination, and an emergency stop. I want a parking but, brake. Yeah, I want one <laughs> of those. <laughs> the one that goes. <laughs> you know, now all my cars have these electric parking brakes, which are not the same. I want the one with the clicks you pull. Well, and the, the whole thing is like, if you don't need the driver, you can completely reimagine the interior of the car yeah, and how it's you organized. You can reimagine what the emergency, sitting. right. You can reimagine what the emergency, you know, procedures are. 
Yes, yes. Um, but, you know, one thing I would not suggest is that the interior of the car be laid out as people in a circle around a big red button for the emergency brake. Because, you know, it would just be too damn tempting for somebody to slap that thing. <laughs> I know you will. I know I will. Because if somebody puts a big red button in front of you, you have to push the damn thing. That's well, the rule. Well, it's big and red. I mean, what else do you want? It's big and exactly. Red. Yeah, we can get that. I mean, um, let's see. Uh, well, uh, we didn't mention we didn't mention uh, the fact that some reporters got killed. Uh, yeah, in Ukraine, uh, in, in the Ukraine, U.S. reporters. Yes, um, yeah. Uh, I wonder what the Fox people said about their Fox report, reporters getting killed. Maybe they just said it wasn't that, that they weren't that dead or something. No, no, no. They, 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 they did spend some time on their Fox reporters and eulogizing them, et cetera, including, including the Ukrainian that was working for them, et cetera. And there's one person who, uh, uh, who is severely injured, but did survive as well. So, um, and, and look, you know, it's not, you know, however many thousands of Ukrainians being killed, uh, a, a few, uh, that happened to be Americans working or working for Fox News or whatever. There were reports earlier today of an, another American killed uh, in Ukraine somewhere. Um, so you know, you know that this is what happens in a war, and you know, war reporters sign up for an incredibly dangerous job, um, and it's a it's a tragedy when they get hit, but it's a tragedy when everybody else gets hit too. So. There, there was also a, a, a post from a group called the Center for Political Innovation, where it showed uh, an alliance of Republicans with other people. I, I guess they're Russians or something. They were basically in a ceremony with Stalin. These are Republicans, by the way. They had a head of Lenin in the back. An American flag, a Russian flag, a, a card with the Z on it, um, and they had the unveiling of the Donetsk People's Republic flag. Proud to be a part of this historic day. Uh, my friend who is an anarchist basically said, what in fucking hell is going on when this is the group, these are the People allying themselves. I want to just freaking just just jump off a bridge. What the fuck is going on? Anyway, anyway, uh, any yeah, um, some crazy alliances uh, uh going around. Uh, let's see. Uh, 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 uh and last one, last one, last one. Last Florida's one. excess death rate was four times higher than Massachusetts and three times higher than New York. August through December, 2021. Yeah. So Excellent. Basically. Good job. Yeah. Good job there th in Florida. Th th thanks. Thanks, governor. Thanks, governor, asshole. Fuck you. Now, uh, I, 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 I will say that every once in a while, like, I, I have no problem with me directly telling somebody to go fuck themselves in their face or that I hate them. But I will say that I, I all this thing about wearing a shirt saying fuck this or whatever I, I i don't know i don't think that that's appropriate 
And the reason I think it's appropriate is because it's, it's without context. And I'm just walking around just saying that. But anyway, all right, that's... Uh, that that reminds me of one last thing that I shared on the Slack, um, which was some guy uh, was doing an interview on MSNBC and had a big blow uh, up behind them of the traffic of the, sign. Yes. That what what did it say? Fuck off. Or, go fuck, fuck yourself. Go it fuck said, go yourself. yourself. Go fuck back to Russia. Things like right. that. Right. Yes. And, yes. And it was all. Uh, I, it was all in Cyrillic and I don't know if it was Ukrainian or Russian. I think it was in Russian, right? Cause it was intended. I think it was in Russian. Russian yes. Coming in. Yes. And, and it was behind him the whole time he was doing this interview. And I'm like, you don't, you don't see, you know, go fuck yourself in big letters on national live television all that often mm-hmm. in the U S. Um, but there it was, of course, you know, I, 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 you know, they slipped it through because it wasn't in English. Look, but here's one thing that I've noticed that, uh, yes, in English, you can't say a lot of things. And, and, you know, we've got like what in the U.S. probably at this point, like 50, 60 million people that speak Spanish, at least something like that. I do keep seeing that in any broadcast, they will say, you know, really, you know, curse words that in English would be censored. But in Spanish, we just get away with I will, I will say, though, that I've noticed, at least on the news channels on CNN and MSNBC, which are the ones I watch the most, um, they have gotten a lot less queasy about using salty language, let's say, uh, in the in the last few years. And so I, I have seen them uh, certainly not censor those kinds of words when sent when said by an in the context a of a person. notable news story and even some of the con commentators themselves, uh, you know, I've heard numerous times now, things like the, 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 the commentator just saying, this is bullshit and stuff like that. Like the taboo, the taboo seems to be breaking down, uh, inappropriate contexts. Inappropriate you know, context. What I'm saying is I'm walking around with a, with a shirt that says, fuck you. I just think, come on, what are you doing? Yeah, that that's just it, it's just it's just generically rude to everybody who you encounter. Basically, right? Because because the because you're not saying that to some specific person. You're saying correct. it to anybody who reads the shirt. Who reads the shirt. Yes, right. That's the thing. Where, where why I am just like not down with that. Really. Okay. With that, right. I think we are done. Uh, so right. thanks everybody for joining. Have a great week. Stay safe. All of that kind of stuff. Uh, and we'll be with you again next week, assuming, you know, n- no nuclear war and stuff like that. Yes. Okay. See you later, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Talk to you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Wait, Bye. wait, it's starting again. Oh no, what have I done? Not very good at this. We could sing along this time, Yvonne. Do, 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 do. This doesn't have lyrics. Do, 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 Okay, okay we're, we're done for real. Goodbye, everyone. 
Oh wait, it's going again! I hit the I, I hit the bolt button multiple times by mistake. Yeah, can, can, if you had the 2001 Space theme song, this would work out better. Uh, I, I do not have that handy, and we do not have permission for that one like we do for this song. I can make some calls. Oh, I, hopefully, yeah, make some calls. Make some calls on that one. Okay, for real, everyone. Goodbye now. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> out of here. Bye. Oh, there it goes again! God damn it! <laughs> what are you doing? Okay, we'll 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 just fade we'll just fade this out. Goodbye. We'll fade. Bye. 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 Bye.